as uh, humans, as individuals, um, uh, and, and how God created us to interact with our world and our surroundings. So the Bible of languages, do you, do you hear the doctor, man? Yeah. I think it's good. It's okay? <laughs> you can yell a little bit more. <laughs> no. Not recording, so it doesn't. We are recording? We are recording. Oh, we are recording? So you want me to use the mic? Bad <laughs> <laughs> luck for you guys. <laughs> okay. So for the five love languages, I think it's really important to know my own personal love language, but once I am in a relationship with someone else, I also need to know their love language. Very important. Because love languages tell us how we receive love and how we give love, how it's important to give someone else. And a lot of the misunderstandings between couples, between people who are in a relationship is because they are expecting one thing, but they're not receiving it from, from their partner. For example, uh, my wife's love language is acts of service. She knows that she's loved or cherished. <laughs> I clean the house, or I put the dishes in the dishwasher, or I take out the garbage. Anything that is stinky and smelly, it has to be my department, so she doesn't touch anything. Kids, changing diapers for kids, <laughs> when they were little, of course. Um, so doing all of these things mean a lot to her because she does so many other things. So she feels that like she's being supported and I'm not just sitting back and expecting her to do everything. Um, you want to know my love language or leave it till then? I'll leave you in suspense. And it's not, it's not acts of service. <laughs> or giving up gifts. So we have three more options. Maybe remind me at the end and I can share it with you. So, how many of you are bilingual, which means you scored a, a tie on, on two love languages? Uh, which ones are these, Moya? Um, action uh, and words of affirmation and acts of service. Oh, physical touch. Ah, same. Oh, same one. Okay. Okay. Other other ones. Same two. Okay. Quality time and physical touch. Quality time and physical touch, which are very closely attached to, to each other. Yeah. Okay, other, other ones? Yeah? Receiving gifts and physical touch. Receiving gifts and physical touch. Excellent. So, see the diversity in the group. Any other times? Yeah? And five for the bottom. While uh, receiving gifts and acts of service. Uh, physical touch? or like, On the bottom, like, out of three for receiving gifts. Oh. Okay, so but it wasn't really your top, your top one, but you had, like you're indifferent. Let's say the top two, if, if you had a top two that weren't a tie. Like the ones that, that received? I don't have the balance. Okay, so how about, let's see now, how many of you had a words of affirmation as your top uh, grade or mark? Uh, or result. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. I want to come to the see what's the love and the So keep your hand up. One, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine of us have words of affirmation. Um, can some of you share why you like words of affirmation? Like why do you feel it's your top language or love language? Those of you who put up your hands. 
that can, can we increase the volume a little bit if we can? It's possible. Uh, you feel that you want to complement others, and it comes natural that your own love language that you expect to receive, you want to also offer it or, or give it to others. Keeping in mind or having in mind that this is their top love language as well. So for each of us, the way that we want to receive love or gentleness or care, we always want to give it to others, right? So the other person might have the same love language or a slightly different love language, but at least you will show, like this is like a dominant trait when it comes to love languages, that people often provide or give others how they expect to receive love themselves, right? So if someone is very affectionate, let's say, uh, towards others, you want to notice and observe that they expected this affection back. Right? So it's, it's always this way. Okay, those who uh, picked words of affirmation, uh, why do you feel that this is your dominant trait? We have nine people, so I need some more comments. Words of affirmation. It's just always been super important to me. Like, words have always meant to me ever since I was a kid. Like, even that's why the other end of the spectrum, like, you're bullied, and those, those words hurt more. hurts us a lot when we're expecting words of affirmation. Uh, some people are naturally mean to us. We get bullied. And these are the things that break us the most. Like we don't care that no one give us a gift or what's the value of that gift. But a kind and a gentle word goes, goes along with it. Other comments for words of affirmation. What do you think? Your, your top trait or personality type here is a word of affirmation. Maybe one more. Well, one more. Who else put up their hand? We have nine people put up their hand, so you can't hide. Who else, who else did the word of affirmation? Now you're shy to put up your hand like sentiment. And the opposite also is true. If we were brought up in a home or a house where parents you know, bought a lot, we said mean words to each other, and we still have that open wound inside of us and we still are looking for that wound to, to heal. So you're thinking in your mind, I don't want that for my future or my relationship. I really want to be gentle and kind and, and affirm that person that, that time. Okay, what about uh, quality time? 
Where B? How many of you? Okay, let's see one. Oh, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. Can keep your time? Seven, nine. Just slightly over, okay, so we're almost nine and ten. Okay, so quality time. What is it about quality time that you enjoy the most? Okay, we need at least three people to, to comment, okay. Uh, I think because most of us spend 60 to 70% of our day doing things that we have to do with obligations and responsibility and with people that we're not choosing to be with, that you value your free time so much that you want it to be special, you want it to count, and you want it to be with people that you like and that you choose to be with. And so I think that usually those are special moments. That's why quality time makes the biggest difference. You haven't, you haven't done the, uh, the Myers Briggs. We're going to talk about it a little bit tomorrow, the, the, the Myers Briggs test. Uh, but a lot, like, uh, Myers Briggs test identified the, the first uh, personality type as introvert versus extrovert. And uh, extroverts are, are people who get energized by being with other people. And there's nothing wrong with extroverts or introverts. It's just the way that God created it. It isn't one. For introverts, they uh, recharge by being by themselves or with a very close uh, friend or a group of friends that they're very intimate with and they can have a conversation with. And uh, they get exhausted when they're amongst like, a thousand different people and they don't find intimacy in that. So, um, a lot of the people who love that, that quality time are, are people who like to recharge with a smaller group of people rather than being with a lot of people. And, and as you mentioned very uh, clearly and, and rightfully so is that we spend our time you know, at work or with a lot of people that we don't know. So we usually look for, for these um, moments or a few hours where we can really build these, these relationships. So other well, um, quality time are the memorable one. Say what you think the answer would be. Trips, when they went on vacation and, and trips. Because when you're on vacation and on trip, uh, you're not working, you're not running every day, you know, you're not packing the kids and running out of the house and coming back and putting this to sleep and that, and then you have like five minutes at the end of the day for yourself. You relax, you're spending quality time, uh, you're enjoying the beach or the weather, you don't have to cook and clean and this and that. So, so definitely, this is the most time of the day. Especially in 2018, I find it, um, it makes me feel like I'm a priority to this person. 
to really spend quality time, not just texting back and forth and, uh, and that sort of thing. And I also think it goes back to, Abuna, uh, you what you said about the family, but like growing up. So with my parents, it was actually a very important. My dad actually still to this day calls it QFT, quality family time. And he would make, you know, when we were younger, we, we would almost be forced, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, to spend quality family time together. So even from growing up, it's, it, it has definitely stayed with me as a adult. Hundred percent, and they say when we're children, we learn. When we're adults, we understand. And this is exactly what happens. What we see, observe our family, and our parents, and the way they do things, and uh, you get to see a lot of people who uh, are extremely busy. But they say, okay, Sunday supper or lunch or uh, Saturday, uh, you know, family gathering or uh, vacations, and they make sure that they do spend some quality time together. These are the most memorable. And actually, when we look at the book of Deuteronomy, uh, we find that God is commanding in chapter 6, God is commanding families to bring their children around the table, uh, whether it be for, for Passover meal or just a regular meal on, on the Sabbath, and uh, to teach them and to bind the commandments on their foreheads and to post it on the doorpost. I don't know when you enter in any uh, house or, or a business for a Jewish person, we find that there is a little um, metal container and it contains inside it the word of God and, and the Psalms um, as, as a literal reminder that when you go through the door you have to remember God's, God's words and, and God's commandments and all of these little uh, memorable actions they remind you definitely of, of that quality time that the family can spend together. Time also uh, is important, as, as you mentioned, for, for face to face, right? For turning into a virtual world and virtual rea reality and augmented reality, and everything is not real. And we just want someone physical to, to, to be with you, to um, interact with, and, and to um, just have a, a meaningful conversation that, that can build us. Uh, so, uh, something um, called the Ministry of Presence. Ministry of Presence also, like in, in the, the church ministry, uh, we might communicate with our children or the people that we serve uh, via texting or email or this or that, but it's nothing like being there for them in, in a meeting and interacting with them and speaking with them face to face and spending time with them. So this, this goes way beyond relationships, not only relationships, but uh, in any other relationships such as like a servant to um, a youngster that is Okay, so number three, receiving gifts. How many of you scored the highest? Liars. <laughs> no one? Zero? Okay, are you sure? <laughs> now, let me just explain. Receiving gifts is not just about like a big solitaire for my engagement. Right? It could be a card or, or, or a flower. 
of something that is symbolic. Like it doesn't have to be like every single time I wash the dishes, you know, I get a, a gold drink for that. <laughs> Are you okay? Okay, let's 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 pretend. Let's pretend that no one cares about. And, and, and by the way, I uh, I used to work in the jewelry business. And, uh, <laughs> so you'll get on this <laughs> No, not anymore. I left it 19 years ago when I was with him. <laughs> but I've seen a lot of people when they get engaged, they have very specific requirements for their solitaire and for their gift. And I always, I always scare the, uh, the couples who come to get married in the church. I always bring up my, my book and I look inside the, uh, the diamond. <laughs> Yeah, that's why uh, engaged couples don't come to me anymore. They go to someone else. Because the guy, but the women insist that I. You evaluate and say uh, the cut is okay, the carrot is a little bit small, the clarity. Is, uh, so I, I too, garbage, jump the dude, don't you know, get rid of him. It's a cubic circle. Who are you trying to pull a fast one off? If you need any advice, please make sure that you don't mind me afterwards. <laughs> Why do you think people don't really care about, about gifts needed in this generation? Why do you think? Like, are you connecting it with being like superficial and not material? Does that? It's so meaningful. So there is there is value in uh, thoughtful 
definitely agree. And uh, we, uh, receiving gifts is, I, I scored here number five, as all of you. Uh, but I do appreciate like a card and, and things like that. Which still, you know, shows that the person put in some some time and some thought. That is not a gift. That's a word that I appreciate. Mm -hmm. But if we have seen the children open Christmas gift, it's mm -hmm. just a couple of minutes or an hour it's gone. So it's a temporary appreciation that justifies main. And as everybody said, you read it. When it gets old, you throw it away, so it doesn't have a lot of value, just like a laptop or an iPad. You know. Once the new one comes out, then it has no value to you. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah. I think as, as North Americans, probably this is very true. It's even gets scored with most people as like, very low on the scale. Maybe in other parts of the world, um, those who are in poverty or those who have um, you know, other kinds of needs, then when you give them gifts, then it really matters to them. Because some people need food, or uh, and you're not even thinking like electronics and all these things, just the basic uh, sustenance for life. You know, that's a gift. And when you give them that, they really get it. When you give advices for any kids, birthday, when Now I ask my wife, I just give them a gift. So everybody have an iPad and iPhone, but I'm not getting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I still think we value gifts more than we're saying, though, because like if you think about like your own personal workspace, maybe like your counter, you're gonna have a magnet or a, a sticker or a picture that someone gave for you or a painting, not necessarily for the monetary value, but because for a minute during that routine day, it takes you out of your routine and reminds you either of a happy memory or a person that you adore or a person that's special to you that's not there at all times. So I think for symbolism purposes, I think we probably value gifts a lot more than we're um, saying right now. <laughs> sure. So I think what you're saying is that receiving gifts now is more symbolic than it is literal. Someone buys me something for it. $100 or this or that, that I may or may not need it, I may or may not like it, but sometimes smaller things could be symbolic and they do make a, a big difference to the person. Okay. How about number D, acts of service? How many of you scored top? Okay, top.
So I took excellent service too because, like you said, you know, our time is pressed. And when someone gives me their time, that's, I think, and that's valuable to them and they're giving it to me, that shows me that they really care. And it takes thought, it takes planning, and it takes, you know, effort on their part. A lot of the people who have you have some services of people always like volunteer for things in the church and they help out at home and they're, they're the, the busiest people that are. these are the people and, and that's a problem because as clergy when we find that someone has this is the love language of service we keep them talking stuff on them because we know it's going to get done right but they can be so much squeezed for time but they want to serve 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 until they fade away like, like a candle and that's something that they have to do definitely monitor, but uh, if that's our love language, then we definitely appreciate them when someone helps us. Um, that was my tough one, too. And I think the premise behind it is basically, it's the, it's the same definition that people have put with other things, is somebody else has gone out of their way for me. You can assign that to every single one of these, but the way that it, it, it ticks with you, that's how you want to receive love. I was actually thinking about it, like, mine is, I received, I, mine was zero for receiving gifts because I, I could care less, but um, I was thinking about it, the funny thing is if we all look at our, our Facebook and our social media, you would think that every single person on this earth was receiving gifts because all of us have seen pictures of like wedding anniversaries or birthdays with like this girl holding up a Michael Kors watch or a, excuse me, a guy holding up a Louis Vuitton wallet that somebody got them or something like that and nobody's like, my husband took out the trash. <laughs> or like he woke up at two in the morning for my kid instead of me like I really really appreciate that I didn't have to get up in the middle of the night but that's not what we see on Facebook and, and you know all, all these social medias like I think yeah it's, it's, it's completely opposite because we were living in a very materialistic world and that's what people want to project as you know this is how they are receiving their, their love maybe it's not their top love language but at least when they show all these gifts and you know all the people getting engaged and they're like, do, do you feel social media is intimidating now? Like it's like because like it, 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 people put up like a face which might not be real or in reality or uh, social media is, I think it's it's just my opinion, but it's it's more of a negative aspect. It, it helps you communicate with people you haven't seen for twenty years, but the the depression aspect and the Feeling of feeling without is weighing heavily on, on social media. But that's the thing is with receiving gifts, you can you can say this person went out of their way to get me the watch that I pointed out three months ago. Whereas mine would be I didn't have to wake up in the well, I don't have children, but I don't have to wake up in the middle of the night. He did it for me. And it's the same definition, it's just different. And I think that's why people have to identify their love language, because they can all be they can all have the same definition behind it. It's just literally a different act. Yeah, Anything else about uh, acts of service? Anyone else? Okay. For me, for me and because... <laughs> it's okay, it's not that loud, it's okay. For me and because uh, this is... Uh, Christian uh, connections are, it's because faith without deeds is dead. 
show you care about somebody, you 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 do some something to improve their life, you do something to build help build them. Like you do something. And and I definitely agree that of course like getting it to work determination are are acts too. Uh, uh, that's the way I see it. It's, it's, it's like showing it's like faith and love to me go hand in hand. So showing your face by actions is the same as showing your love and dedication to somebody by your actions. 100%. The talk is cheap, right? We can stay this tomorrow and say all kinds of like sweet talk, and uh, but, but when we put that into action, and I think as, as you mentioned also the, the, the idea of many of the things now we value time because that's the one commodity that's lacking all across. So whether it is someone who says something or does something or um, you know spends some time with me, apart I guess from receiving gifts, uh, then we, we, we do value that very much. Okay, last one which is physical touch. Physical touch. One, two, second. Second. Close, close. Very close. Yeah. Okay, three.
emotional wrecks. Feelers and emotional, and just don't make rational decisions. There's a whole lot of research that shows it's the worst kind of love language. <laughs> Exactly the opposite in so many things. Um, but I always love to hold your hand. Like whenever we're, we're walking down, it's 25 years, and I never see like even when we're home, it's my my love language. And she understood that. Like you know, I, I just wanna you know make sure that we have that some kind of physical touch of, of affirmation, and you know, and it's it's the way that, that we connect with with one another. So. I mean, um, how God created me, so I can't say sorry, <laughs> it is what it is, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, here we go, we have our, our five loving. So, I was just speaking about, like, how my wife and I are very different when it comes to not only the, the love languages, but, but many other personality traits. Now, I want to hear from you, let's say, if I meet someone whose love language is not exactly like myself, or is a very different love language? How do they reach out to me to understand who I am, and how do I reach back to them to give them what they're looking for? Because I tell you the truth that in many relationships, like when we don't feel that we're heard, or we're understood, or we're connecting to each other, it's exactly because of this reason, that we were unable to bridge this gap. Like we're completely different planets. Um, I'm expecting something that he or she is not providing me and he or she is expecting something that I'm not providing for them. So I want to hear from you some suggestions how we can bridge this gap and, and make an effort to, to get to know the other person. And this person was, I was really upset with, with him. 
and he went and found flowers, right? And I was like, what are these gonna do for me? You know? But, like, I don't know your name, but you hit it right on. Marion. Yes, okay, my name. I mean, she hit it right on the head. It, it, like, I felt that, just hug me, just give me a hug, just apologize and give me a hug. So the, the gift giving didn't matter. It, you could have went and got whatever for me. It would not have mattered at all. I was one of the So I think um, to go to your question is that I, it's a matter of uh, being patient with the other person, not getting like you know just try just be flexible and be patient with them. You're not going to fully 100% understand someone. You know, right away, immediately, you have to go through, you know, trials and tribulations and issues. You have to go through it um, to, to just kind of, you know, understand each other. Figure out what makes them tick. Figure out, you know, what really aggravates them, what makes them feel good. I mean, it's just, you have to spend time and put in, really, it is work. It really is. So, if you're willing to do that. I don't remember if it was in Chapman's book or if it was in another one, but um, it was it was explained by a, a psychologist that it's ironic that when people go into couples therapy, a lot of people say, when, if you're there on the couch, it's already too late, which is pessimistic, very much so, but I mean, it's not my field, so I mean, they would know better than me, but um, what they said is it's ironic that both people come in there and say, I'm tired of trying. So how is it a relationship can fail when both people are trying? And it's basically identifying that you're two ships passing in the night. So when somebody, for example, like the flowers, when somebody says, like, I did this to make you happy, recognizing it's not the flowers, it's the fact that they intended to do something for you. And that kind of diffuses, I mean, that takes oxygen away from the fire. You can't, it can't grow that way. If you, if you really, I mean, we don't because we're in an emotional state and this is emotions toward a person who's not just anybody. But recognizing that if they got you a gift and you really don't care about gifts or you, words mean nothing to you, it's acts that mean something to you. Looking, taking a step back, an objective step back and saying, okay, they did this, they may have gotten wrong, they, they may have gotten it wrong, but the intention was there. And that's, he said in the, I think it was Chapman, he said in the book, if you can get past that part and get a third eye view on it, then you can see that they actually were trying. They just went down the wrong street. They were there, but they were down the wrong street. And if you see that as opposed to seeing their apathy, their apathy is not, it's not apathy. They just did it wrong. They weren't speaking your language. They were speaking their language. So if you can see that, which we often don't, we probably could have saved a lot of her. I can't agree more with what you said. Um, I, I mean, we still believe in, in couples counseling, counseling and, and therapy, uh, but probably what this couple have not done is that they should have started counseling before they got married. And, uh, you know, uh, done, hundreds and hundreds of marriage counseling 
before engagement and after engagement, when they're courting, before marriage, after marriage. And now, in, in my opinion, with so much research that's available for us, happy marriages or comparable marriages, okay, I'm not gonna say that happy marriages means necessarily no problem, but, but happy relationships, they appear from the time they start. And it's almost like a science now, like it's not something that, um, you know, we have to take a guess or not, we're shooting in the dark. A lot of the characteristic traits start to appear from the time that you're courting, the time that you're engaged. And, um, you know, if they're not dealt with, then probably you will end up on, the, on that um, couch just trying to fight for, for your marriage. Uh, also, quick relationships, quick marriages that happen, you know, without coupling each other or blind dates or hookups or matchmakers and all of these things. We're going to talk more this week about all of these things are potential uh, problems. Um, but, but the key thing that I want to affirm in what you just said here is, is the point that um, a lot of people say, well, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. No, it's not like that in a relationship. Each person has to be willing to adapt to the love language and personality type of the, the partner. We have to make an effort to understand, just like they would make an effort to understand. Like I can say, well, this is how I've always, you know, been brought up, and you know, I hold firm to this and that and that. Once we identify what our our, our non-negotiables in, in a relationship, then we can start to say, well, where can we expand our knowledge or treatment or, or um, the way that we deal with one another in different areas, including the love language. So I have a couple of questions. The first question is, so basically what your the conclusion of what you're saying is that we should look for somebody that speaks the same love language as ours, or we should look for somebody that maybe speaks a different language and now is a bilingual family? I, I think there is, there could be merit that because like if, if you get with somebody that's exactly like you, you're, you're gonna have very high highs and extremely low lows because you're a mirror copy of each other. Or if you get with somebody that, as you said, you speak a different language, that could be an issue and, and neither of you would understand each other most of the time. And the second question is, I, I thought the lowest in words of affirmation and the second one is physical touch. But then, like, this is like now, this is Michael today, at this moment. But I know for a fact that there were times that I'm like, yeah, a hug is is what would solve this situation. Or, or why didn't you say you appreciated me more? So how, how do we know our real dominant traits? I think is number one our love language and if you test it so often you're gonna see that it changes but you still have something that's dominant but our priorities today are not the same priorities we had five years ago or even two years ago or five years from now you know what I mean so it's always good to test every now and then and see where you're at like it's a self-check because it's going to continue, continuously change. 
but you're always gonna have one always dominant for whatever one it is. Like maybe you'll do more of others versus one, but you have a dominant one. The other thing is, um, and I'm gonna give you the
like it's it's a situation too. And, and that's why not everyone would score a 12 on, on this quiz, for example, or one thing. You'd score six and a five and a four and a three or eight and six. You know, so, so it shows us that different situations may require uh, different reactions from us, and we're not just one thing. And it's very important to acknowledge that all of these quizzes and tests and all of these like fancy things that we have at our disposal, if anything, they just like uh, convey or show as something about ourselves, but it doesn't tell who we totally are uh, in every situation. I think uh, Sandy, one, okay. One more uh, last, last question, because Sandy is holding her watch and she's like, <laughs> stop talking with her. I think sometimes in relationship, we have misconception about the other person and want to treat him or her instead of missing the dog. And this is an Egyptian lady, so I expect from the Egyptian lady to do so and so, or she likes so and so, and then I behave for her this way. And I think discussing and exploring and being open about your personality and what you like and what you don't like is essential to start the That's a good conclusion for our talk. And by the way, um, we don't have to end our talk about relationships in the session. I'm here all night for you here. Uh, if there's more discussions, more questions, I'm more than happy, I'm sure. Probably is more than happy. We didn't hear Abuna much. Abuna has a lot of wisdom to, to share with us. Uh, I'm happy after the four-month schedule is, is finished. If any of you want to just hang out and chill and talk about different uh, questions that you have in your mind, I'm very happy to continue the, the conversation. God bless you, and this is a really great start for our uh, conference. More relationship talks coming tomorrow. You're going to die tomorrow. <laughs> Overdose. <laughs>